As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Elevate your sports betting game with VEASAN's exclusive betting splits. Stay ahead with real-time market trends and track bet percentages on any matchup. Then uncover the edge by comparing them to the amount of bets placed to find out where the sharp money is headed. Upgrade to VEASAN Pro to access betting splits, live odds, line moves, power ratings, and in-depth game analysis. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe to join VEASAN, the sports betting network. Check out the VEASAN store for the latest and greatest in sports betting fashion. We have more than 40 shirt designs, including our most popular one, Cash and Tickets is what it's all about. You'll find VEASAN shirts and hats for any occasion, and they're all made to order so you can find the right design, color, and size perfect just for you. You'll find VEASAN hats and even VEASAN coffee mugs all in our online store. Just go to VEASAN.com store and order now. That's VEASAN.com store. Responsible sports betting starts with a game plan. That means stick to a budget. Keep it social by playing with friends. Learn the game and know the odds. Play with trusted legal operators. And if you need help, reach out. If you're getting in on the action, visit haveagameplan.org to learn more. This is VSIN, the sports betting network. This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. We're back for a second hour of the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. I'm Ben Wilson in for Stormy Bond and Tony. Been a fun couple of days hanging out with the former NFL GM, Michael Lombardi. And we have Harry Gagnon from the Against All Odds podcast coming up in a half hour. Harry's got a bunch of college football uh, plays all ready to go, which is not a surprise for anybody who knows uh, Harry. So excited for that, Michael. We'll finish your NFC uh, playoff predictions. Also talk some wildcard teams you think get in both AFC and NFC here at the end of the show. But we'll start the second hour. We've got some 
some headlines. Actually, this was one we didn't get to yesterday uh, that, that ties into one of our favorite segments on the show, True or False, and it is in relation to the Dallas Cowboys. They restructured the contract of the right guard Zach Martin, had threatened uh, a, a lengthy holdout. That is now over, so he'll earn a little over $18 million each of the final two years of his contract. That, according to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, still waiting to see, once, as you've talked about, Michael, once these get filed, we know the exact yeah. uh, actual numbers, but it, it leads me into this potential for the Dallas Cowboys offensive line, which is a true or false. With Martin now back, the Cowboys have the best offensive line in football. Is that true or false in your mind? Uh, I think that's false. I, I mean, there's a lot of questions. Can Tyron Smith stay healthy, right? I think you got to count on – I mean, that's that's a concern at left tackle. I think Tyler Smith's a really good player, but I, I think you got to be careful about, you know, where are they at – you know, Zach Martin's a good player. Terrence Steele's been injured. I don't see that. I mean, Cleveland, for example, to me is a better offensive line. Tomorrow we're going to do the top offensive lineman on the GM shuffle. And, you know, Zach Martin will be in the top five guards, I'm sure. But not. Uh, it'll be hard for uh, some of those other Cowboys to make in the top ten. Yeah, I mean, you could say – I think the reason why we have this as a true or false, it's like Zach Martin, based on the individual numbers, you could argue is a top two, three, maybe even the best – right guard, you know, especially now that, uh, or just guard, I should say, in general, now that Quentin Nelson, when he took a huge step back last year, giving up five sacks for Indianapolis, previously sort of held that mantle as the best guard in football. But yeah, I mean, Cleveland as a whole, Philadelphia, I look at even Detroit, I would look at saying three teams just right off the top of my head. I go, I would take their O-lines any day over what Dallas has. Yeah, I, I mean... Look, you know, a lot of it is, is, you know, on paper, you look really good. Like, you know, the Jets were spent all this offseason looking at, you know, Dwayne Brown's our left tackle. Well, that's on paper. That's not that's not going to come to fruition, right? It hasn't. He's got to be on the field for him to be really good. So I, I think that's a hard thing. And by the way, the other, I teased just the injury piece for Dallas. This is on the other side of the ball, but Edge, uh, Micah Parsons, he left practice with a leg issue yesterday, did not return, had his left calf heavily wrapped. I mentioned it's the summer of calves for whatever reason in the, yeah. in the NFL, Michael. Uh, you, you mentioned your lack of trust just in, in Dallas in general. We talk about how injuries can always derail a season, but where does your, your big lack of trust really come down to? Is what We'll see the picture here in a sec of, uh, of Micah Parsons at practice yesterday. Uh, uh, on the Cowboys, you mean my yeah. lack of trust on yeah. them? I, I I think to me is winning the big game. You know, I, when they're a dog, when they're an underdog, they seem to have that ability. When they are the favorite and the front runner, can they keep it all together? Can can they operate as a three dimensional team within one dimension? Which to me is key. And McCarthy taking over the play calling is a step in that direction to manage the game correctly. So they play less defense, not more defense. I, I worry also, I think Deuce Vaughn was great week one, you know, and, and he is uh, electric. But can he be the backup to Pollard? I, I don't know that yet. Can he stand in there? He's a little guy, but, boy, he runs well and he's elusive and does all those things. But I, I don't know if he can handle that role on a full-time basis, that's what gives me some concern too because even though Zeke wasn't the same Zeke that we're used to from three years ago, he still had 12 touchdowns rushing. Yeah, and it's, as much as we want to rip on on how the running backs have been utilized in the past, you look at where they're at now, I, I look at the personnel being great across the board for Dallas. Running back room is probably the only one I'd rank outside of the, the top 10 as far as the rest of the positional categories. It's 
the in-game adjustments from Mike McCarthy as a head coach that uh, would I would also agree yep. with you. It would give me a lot of cause for concern. And if, the kicker. Yeah. I mean, right. last Special year the teams. kicker kind of caught us by surprise too, right? That was that was a big one in that as well. Uh, so, again, just to recap from Michael talking to the NFC East, Eagles were the pick. Uh, and as far as best O-line, I think it's fire. fire like, you could you could still be really, really high and say top five O-line, but not best uh, offensive line. Not, not yet. No, I mean, the Eagles the have Cowboys. the best. I mean, in the division, the Eagles have by <laughs> right. far the best line. Even in the, yeah, even I mean, in the NFC East. Uh, let's get to another true or false. We talked Detroit earlier. Again, if you missed it, the report that Amon Ross St. Brown uh, he left practice during seven-on-seven seven drills, holding his leg, so still waiting to see to see an update from that, the best skill position player for the Lions. But here's a, a separate true or false based on the defense. The Lions improved secondary. Will lead Detroit to its first playoff berth since 2016. True or false? Uh, false. I'm going to go false there. I, I'm not sold that it's really have – they, have they improved? They've improved in terms of the names. Are they healthy? Can they play to the higher level? You know, last year they, they struggled mightily in the back end. There's no question about that. But, you know, Gardner Johnson, you know, we know he got hurt earlier in camp. Can Cam Sutton really help them play? Mostly still on PUP, so he's not even there. So you're counting on Cam Sutton. And then, you know, Bruce Brian Branch, the kid they drafted in the second round, could be their nickel. A lot of this is going to come down to can they rush? Can Hutchinson, you know, get that pressure that they need and really become a dominant force in there? Uh, you know, I, I think he was improving last year, but they're going to need some help. I thought Alam McNeil was a good pass rusher, a power guy in there, but I'm not sold that this secondary is going to go to the highest level. Right. Well, it's one of those things. We remember talking about, you know, the Chiefs when they were making their ascent to the AFC. You know, it's one thing to have to be able to get by with a mediocre defense, and I remember that being the talking point. It's like all Steve Spagnuolo has to do as a DC is just have a mediocre defense, get him to like 15th, 16th statistically, and the Chiefs will be fine. You can't really say that in Detroit's case because as much as Jared Goff has improved under O.C. Ben Johnson's system, this is not a Patrick Mahomes-led offense as good as we make out yeah. the playmakers to be. So, like, I look at where the numbers were at, 27th against the run, 30, uh, 30th against the pass, 32nd yards for play on defense, 32nd in yards per drive. Even with big adjustments, I mean, what's the realistic ceiling? Like, 18th, 20th for, for Detroit? And is that really going to be enough to get them into the postseason? That's where, where I have a hard time getting to on the Detroit side this year. Yeah, and then I think when you look at it, I mean, look, Goff was great last year of protecting the football. I mean, what did he have? He had when the after the the Dallas game when they went to one and five. From that point forward, the remaining games where they end up nine and eight, right? Uh, you know, they only turned the ball over four times, and their defense created some turnovers, but their defense still struggled. I mean, even though when they beat the Jets with. Really, you know, the Jets weren't very good on offense. The Jets put 337 yards on them on offense. You know, that was a that was a closer game than you think. So I, I'm not sold that this defense, especially the talent level, is going to mm -hmm. be good enough. And we'll see. I share those exact same concerns. We will do our NFC South, NFC West uh, divisional predictions from you, Michael, here in a little bit later on in the show. And so I have another true false that relates to the NFC West. Geno Smith will regress this season despite loads of weapons on offense. True or false in Seattle? I, I think false. I think he'll be better. I mean, he, you know, it's the second year in a system. So one of the things I've always believed in is the first year we teach you the system, the second year we develop your skills within the system. And I think he will. I, I mean, he was deadly last year, Ben. I mean, you know, and that offensive line started two rookies at tackle. And they got, they played, it made a playoff game with that. I think he'll continue to get better. I think he'll continue to improve. 
I think he'll continue to grow. I think it, it, this offense has added more weapons to it. Uh, and Jigba as a slot receiver, you know, Charbonnet is another running back. If they keep Kenneth Walker healthy, I mean, this is this is a really good team that can do a lot of good things. Sure. Isn't the bigger question, if we're talking regression with Seattle, I mean, isn't it the offensive line that was projected to be horrible last year because they were starting two tackles, rookies at tackle? Charles Cross at left tackle, Abraham Lucas at right tackle played really, really well, but there was a little bit of – uh, erosion toward the end of the season, it, wouldn't that be the more logical regression? Because if that regression happens, then you'd feel yeah. a little bit less comp- com- uh, comfortable, at least in Smith and his progression in the system. But I don't think Lucas or Cross missed a snap. And I think that the I think as the, the year, I mean, look, they blocked San Francisco too, right? Remember, that's a close game until he turns the ball over in the third quarter, right? And so I, I think they'll get better. I really do. I think they they now know how to play. They're they're they they got a slot receiver. They got running backs. You know the tight end situation with Fant and Disley uh, will be really good. You know, do they have enough depth on the offensive line? They drafted sure. two guys in the fourth and fifth round that certainly can help. I mean, that's got to be the concern is their offensive line depth. But I think Cross and Lucas will get better. They they were really really impressive. That's for sure. In year number one. All right, that does it for true-false. Let's get to what is on Michael's mind today. And I, I feel like a lot of people have had the Jets on their mind because they've just been force-fed yeah. to us well, I watched a clip. Of, I yeah. watched a clip of Hard Knocks. And, you know, I'm a big believer in the head coach is the guardian of winning, right? There's only one person in the organization at the NFL level that has winning written specifically in his contract, Right. Everybody else has job description, offensive coordinator, get first downs, score points, convert third. That's what their job. Defense coordinator, stop them, create turnovers. So when the head coach basically turns everything over to the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, and doesn't get the program that he wants, he no longer is the guardian of winning. And you can see it in the clip, you know, where he's talking about, I think we should stick a run here, but you guys do what you want to do. You guys – that's not a head coach. That's a manager. That's not a leader. That's a head. Mm-hmm. That's not somebody that is insisting on guarding winning. You know, everybody blames Kyle Shanahan for the Super Bowl loss against the Patriots in 51. If Dan Quinn says to him, look, I want you to run it, it's over. But when you do this, you tend to allow yourself to make mistakes. And I think as the guardian of winning, which is the job of the head coach, you got to you got to inject what you want mostly in the conversation. Sure. Certainly got a, a much better insight into how Robert Sala wants to run things. That's at least the one benefit of something like a hard knocks, as much as we could say it's ridiculous how much the Jets have been that public eye team so far in the summer leading into the 2023 season. Uh, we will get into the two divisions. You've got to give out a winner for Michael. Excited to get your thoughts. NFC South, NFC West. We'll do that. When we return, then Harry Gagnon joins us from the Against All Odds podcast. That's still to come on this hour in about 20 minutes right here on the Lombardi Line. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like 
choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, guys, this is Matt Brown from VEASAN, the sports betting network. If you want some help betting golf, then VEASAN has the perfect podcast for you. It's called Long Shots. Each week, Wes Reynolds, Kelly Bidlin, and myself give you two episodes breaking down every aspect of that week's tournament to help you as a golf better. We analyze the courses, run statistical models, and give our thoughts on all the top players. We also give out our favorite bets for outright winners, matchups, props, finishing positions, and more. Subscribe to VEASAN's Long Shots wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Legendary sports better Billy Walter sat down with Brent Musburger for an exclusive interview, and the only place to see it is on VSEN. Billy reveals his systems for betting the NFL, shares some unbelievable betting stories, and gives the details on Phil Mickelson's gambling, including trying to bet on an event he was playing in. Check out the interview. Next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, only on VEASAN. And the reason why that's next Tuesday is Gambler's Secrets from a Life at Risk is coming out. That is being released on Tuesday, August 22nd. So as we were talking about yesterday, Michael, very fun uh, late summer into fall for books being released for for the sports betting community because the Billy Walters book coming out next week, your book coming out uh, in September. Very, very excited, Michael. September 5th, yes. I got it all lined up, yes. Uh, for, I finally got a reading. copy of it. I finally have a copy of it here to put up. Uh, so the hardcover, I just finally got the hardcover. I got one hardcover copy. Hopefully I'm getting more today, Wonderful. To this week, to send out. Your book title again is? Football Done Right. Football Done Right. So it's about it's about the Hall of Fame. It's about the coaching trees. It's about the impact of television. Brett Musburger's impact on gambling as it relates to the popularity of the sport, which is significant. You know, uh, I think there are three people in television that really changed the landscape of the NFL, that it was a a combustible event, right? You had Howard Cosell on Monday Night Football, which basically made Monday Night Football a a staple in everyone's household. And then there was Brent along with Jimmy the Greek, who was tremendous in in their ability to intertwine what everybody knew was going on, which was betting, Mm -hmm. into the games. And they did it in a very... uh, kind of covert way, but it led people to have ideas. And then the great John Madden, of course, who really impacted. But I think those three things, you know, 
when Brent was doing game, when he was doing the NFL today, you know, the, there was no ticker tape going down the bottom of the scoreboard. Everybody waited for him at halftime to read the scores, right? There was only one game on in your local area. If you got lucky, you got a double header at four o'clock. So it was hard. And, and it was interesting. One of the things I write about in the book was uh, the Macy's hotline in the early 60s yeah. decided to put a Santa Claus hotline in. So kids all over the area could call a Santa and tell them what they want. Well, they broke the New York system phone phone system. They just shut it down with so many calls. It got overloaded. Well, somebody bought that and made that to made a sports phone out of it. So when I when I was younger, you literally could call this number because that's the only way you were getting scores. You had no idea what was happening on those other fields. You had no idea. And a lot of the people that that the the Brants create curiosity towards the gambling created this industry for the sports phone. People wanted it so badly. It is inconceivable for me to even process that in my mind, how that, how that used to work. I know it is. I, just, I know it's it amazing. is. And that's why I can't wait to, no uh, idea. to read like, the book. Yeah, I know. No you doubt. know, you, I was on, I did Rich Gannon's show yesterday on Sirius NFL radio and, and, and he grew up here in the Philadelphia area and he shared the same story that I share in the book where you, you couldn't wait for Cosell to read those halftime highlights. Because Amazing. they were the only clips you got. Other than the games you saw, they were the only clips you got. Like, when I was a kid, I was wondering, would the Redskins wear their dark jerseys or their white jerseys, you know? <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I had no idea if they did or not until I was praying that they were one of the five teams that Cosell would pick to show the highlights. Football done right. It's all in there. Excited, excited for that yep. to uh, come out yeah, here next month. Uh, all right, so we have two divisions left. For your for the NFC that we're talking about your uh, your postseason predictions here, which teams will come out of the division? Let's go South. Saints plus one twenty, Falcons plus two fifteen, Panthers four to one, Bucks bringing up the rear at eight to one. We also mentioned that big season-ending injury to Russell Gage that just w- broke earlier today, wide receiver for the Bucks. I wasn't expecting them to be really a factor anyway in this division, Michael. But given that this is viewed to be very very wide open, where would you look on the odds board? I, I went to the Panthers. I went to the Panthers. I thought at plus 350, it was a good number. I liked them better defensively than I did the Falcons. I I wasn't sure the Saints could get it all together. So I wanted a better number than plus 130. I went with the Panthers. And I feel like after week one, I'm having hesitations and (laughs) concerns about that pick because how badly they look. And we know that Frank Wright is 0-4-1 in opening games as a head coach, that he doesn't get his team ready to play. But the Panther team, Ben, is talented. They've got they should be better in the offensive line, which was one of their strengths last year was their ability to run block, right? They ran the ball on everybody. And their receiving course, good, not great. And I thought Bryce Young can make a difference. And I thought he looked good for what little he played, what little he had in terms of protection and his ability to show poise in that pocket. He got hit even when he threw the ball, he got hit. So I went with the Panthers. I'm a little hesitant on that today because when you watch the Saints play against the Chiefs and you watch the Panthers play, you say, well, Lombardi, you got to be an idiot. One team looked good. The other team looked like crap. I know it's early. I know it's early. I'll stand by the Panthers. It is one week of preseason as well, as much as we want to dive in and, and react to all that. I, I'd rate Carolina as a, a second choice over Atlanta. I, I only have the gap between the Saints and Panthers, though, about, you know, about a point, point and a half to start the year. I definitely feel like it's a lot closer at least between the top of the Saints and, and the rest, if you look at Carolina, than what people are making it out to be. And the one thing I think that really goes in the favor of Carolina this year, 
think about the strength of the team if you're looking defensively and how good they have been stopping the run. It's a group that I look at at a front seven. It's a top half unit in the league. They were uh, 13th in uh, rushing EPA per play last year, 12th in overall yards per drive allowed. And think about the rest of the division. Saints, Falcons, Buccaneers, especially now that the Bucs have lost a key wide receiver. You have to think, especially with the Saints and Falcons, those are going to be two teams that run a West Coast sort of a slash run heavy approach. And that does play really well, at least if you're talking about Carolina defensively, Michael, and how they'll they'll be trying to counteract what they're going to see amidst their division rivals. Yeah, no question. I, and I, I think it's yet to be – look, we know it's early, right? We know it's early, and you can't rush to judgment off of one preseason game. So I'm going to stick with what I have. But I, I kept asking myself, how did Frank Wright get this job again? I mean, because based on what I saw and based on what he did in Indianapolis last year, this looked kind of similar. Yeah, it, uh, it was not the greatest of debuts. We'll put it that way for, for Carolina. I mentioned how they do play the Giants Friday night game, a part of three games that will kick off before we get to Saturday in NFL preseason week two, Giants and the, uh, the Panthers. Giants a three-point favorite there. Okay, to the NFC West, our final division to break down. 49ers, uh, only the Chiefs are a heavily, more heavily favored to win a specific division than the San Francisco 49ers in 2023. Niners minus 160 right now, Seahawks. Come in second choice at plus 195. It's viewed similar to the NFC East to be a two-team race in the West with the Rams 10 to 1, Cardinals long shots at 25 to 1. So you you don't believe there will be a drop-off for Geno Smith at quarterback in his years, his second year in the system after getting the contract extension. Is it enough though to overcome where San Francisco is at from a personnel perspective outside of some of the question marks at quarterback that the Niners have? I think this is really closer than you might think it is, right? I, I think Seattle has had a really good offseason. I think Tremont Jones has will help them tremendously, right? And I think returning Bobby Wagner. Now today they're going to bring uh, they're going to bring uh, Jordan Brooks off of uh, PUP, which I think certainly will help them. Uh, you know, and they drafted. They had a really good draft with Witherspoon, the corner, to go along with with. Michael Jackson and and all the other players in a Woolen that played at corner for him last year. Uh, so this is really a good team. You know, it's a good team. And I, I almost went there with them, but I just kind of fell for the continuity, the skill players of San Francisco and went there. But this was a harder decision that I'm going to kind of keep going through in my head because I think Seattle's a really good team. And yeah. I think they've improved. And I, I think they're going to be better defensively. They were not good defensively last year. And their ability to play man-to-man -man more in the secondary with Woolen and Witherspoon and Michael Jackson, I think it gives them a chance. I definitely feel like I'm in that category of believing in what the, Saint, the Seahawks have done personnel-wise to make improvements. But at the same time, San Francisco is the rightful favorite, should be minus money, and is ultimately going to win the division. Where do you stand on the you know, the defensive line of Seattle where you talk about the improvements they've made secondary-wise? And, you know, Chen and Wosu had a really good season as an edge rusher last year, but I still look at that D-line as being somewhat of a weak link, and we saw that get exposed yeah. multiple times against the 49ers in that elite run game they have on offense. Well, I mean, they finished 22nd in yards per attempt allowed against them. They finished, you know, 30th in yards allowed, right? And, you know, and, and people you know, could run the ball. They were 27th in touchdowns allowed in the run game. And let's face it, you know, with all those numbers, you say, well, maybe they play great red zone. No, no, no. They were 25th in points allowed defensively. And their red zone and their red zone defense was 28th, 4th. And their third down defense was 27th. So all these numbers I'm citing to you, 
really showed their defense wasn't good enough last year. And you could see why they added Draymond Jones and they drafted mm-hmm. Witherspoon and they need Brooks back. And that's why they signed Bobby Wagner back. I, I think those additions can help because there's only one way to go. I mean, they make the playoffs last year, Ben, and I just read you some horrific defensive numbers. Remember, the Panthers went into see that this misconception that Seattle's a good home team is kind of alluring. It's not really the case, right? I mean, the Rams, the, the, excuse me, I know we got to go to break, but the Panthers go in there and win a game. The Raiders go up there and win a game, you know, and, and you know, and it wasn't, you know, so you can win games there when you think you, when most people think you right. can't. 49ers did on a short week Thursday night in a game everybody thought the Seahawks would trip them up. That was another example as well. Uh, we'll continue with our wild card teams later on, but Harry Gagden joins the show next. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Throughout the NFL preseason, the VSIN experts are busy evaluating every team to give you the betting edge. Our updated NFL betting guide is due out later this month and will help you get ahead of the upcoming NFL season with picks from every on air host. Team specific preseason analysis, how to use VSIN betting splits and football contest strategies. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19 and reserve your copy of the guide or take advantage of our football season special and get access to everything we do through the Super Bowl for only $199. Sign up today at vsin.com slash subscribe. I've, I've really missed this guy. Harry Gagdon from the Against All Odds podcast joins us right now, Michael, here on the Lombardi line. He's back from his European tour. I'm glad to see that Harry, Harry has his voice back for one and, uh, and is ready to go. We've got a bunch of plays college football-wise coming up. Great to have you back, Harry. Awesome, guys. What's happening? How's everything? We're, you know, we're, we're, Michael just was at the Lionel Richie last night. He's in a great mood. I'm, you oh. know, I get to go to San Diego, a little, little fun in the sun uh, this weekend. So, you know, it's all, it's all good over here, nice, man. Guys, nice. Yeah, we, we can't complain. Oh, uh, we boy, just, we, we need Michael it. Hits, Michael hits Lionel Richie. Then on Friday, he's got Springsteen. He's, he's doing it right. Yeah. Nice, yeah, Michael. no question. No question. No, no question. question. Um, Excellent. We just need Harry back in Vegas for another, uh, you know, for another against all odds, a uh, little, you know, little meet and greet special because we had a great time last year during the college football fun. playoff. Uh, and, and speaking of college football, Harry, all right, let's get into it. You are locked and loaded, ready to go for the upcoming season starts. I mean, we're looking at about 10 days until we, we get Navy and Notre Dame across the pond in Ireland here. Uh, so you've got, you've got multiple plays in the Big Ten, SEC, ACC. Let's start Big Ten where – the view is this is Michigan, Ohio State, two teams that are really, really strong coming into the season. Michigan, about $1.75 to win the conference. Basically, same number as Ohio State, each at about a 10.5 win total uh, with the juice varying depending on where you shop. Where's your, where is your look this year, Harry, based on Ohio State and Michigan atop the Big Ten? You know what, guys? I'm, I'm leaning towards Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. Uh, I love them over 10.5 wins, by the way. As not, and, and I also love them for the conference as well. Um, have a very cake schedule in the, in the very first part of the year uh, where they have played East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers. But more than that, just they're more solid, more uh, depth are all across the board. J.J. McCarthy returns. He's 18-1 to to win the Heisman. Uh, solid quarterback. Had a great season last year. Expect more from him this year. And they got Blake Corum. Needs to stay healthy. I know he got banged up last year. But Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards will still be back in the Wolverines' backfield. They combined for 25 rushing touchdowns last season. Uh, so I really do like Michigan here. I'm not so sold on um, Coach Day's team here with C.J. Stroud being gone. I'm not sure if Kyle McCord uh, is, the, uh, is the answer in Columbus. 
uh, Michigan looking for a three-peat here, and I think they get it, guys. Yeah, well, you know, Harry, I had the uh, privilege of speaking to the Michigan team last week, and I could tell you, you know, I didn't watch. I watched them walk through, but I was in a team meeting. I spoke to the team, and you could feel the confidence. You could feel mm. the camaraderie. I mean, they know they're a good team, and what was most impressive to me about this Michigan team is they have a lot of upperclassmen. They have a lot of fifth- and sixth-year players, fourth-, fifth-, and sixth-year players on wow. the team. And they revamped their offensive line, and which will be even stronger than it's been. So I like them. And I think J.J. McCarthy fits what they want to do. Corum, to me, is like trying to tackle a Coke machine. He might be short, but it's hard to get his arms around him. And so, look, the one thing about Michigan, they wear you down. I mean, go back to the mm-hmm. Rutgers game last year, right? I think it's 17-14 to 14 at the half. And what that game ended up, they killed right. him. Right. Michigan's philosophy is we're going to punch, 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 and eventually we're going to wear you down. Yeah, I agree with you, Michael. And, and just more than anything, like, I'm mean, the defense is solid and stacked, no doubt about it. But I just don't know how this offense is going to be stopped. I think they're going to, ask, I think every, it seems like every game they're going to put up 30, 35 points. I just love this offense. I don't know where it's going to be. I don't know where the, they have any faults. Yeah, plus, and you can find plus 180 right now, Bet MGM, both Michigan and Ohio State co-favorites in the Big Ten. My favorite win total in the Big Ten, I, I bet Michigan State under five and a half area. There, there's, mm-hmm. there's some teams further down that have really, really tough schedules this season when you look at where the Big Ten is at. And you know, that Michigan State number's got a lot of action to the under. What about uh, Purdue, another team that you're looking at? You're, you're looking to eye here of, among those mid-tier teams with tough schedules in the Big Ten. I'm seeing a win total of five right now. Yeah, by the way, on, a, on against all odds, when we went over these picks uh, earlier this week, I did like Michigan State under as well. I think they're going to be they're, they're awful defensively. You know, they only had two picks all season last year. Two picks all season. I know Mel Tucker got his contract a couple years ago, but just not providing the spark that they need. This team has been down for a couple years in a row. But, guys, my best play in the Big Ten in terms of more under wins is Purdue under five wins at minus 130. Now, I know they had eight wins last year, but six of those eight were fairly close games, 10 points or less. The Boilermakers uh, lost a lot from last season. Michael, you know, Aiden O'Connell, quarterback, 3,500 yards, is a Raider now. Their best wide receiver, Charlie Jones, is in the, is Cincinnati. Payne Durham, their best tight end, is in Tampa Bay. They combined for 1,900 yards and 20 touchdowns last year. Their leading linebacker went transferred over to USC. And schedule-wise, even though they're in the Western Division of the Big Ten, they had a terrible draw this year. They get Michigan and Ohio State, Purdue, under five wins. Yeah, and, you know, when you lose a guy like Jeff Brom when you're Purdue, who's a really good offensive coach, and we've seen what he was able to do with Aiden O'Connell. I mean, O'Connell looked really good in his first uh, start as a as a start as a Raider in his pro career, so I think that's got an impact too because it's a challenge, and Purdue's going to need to rebuild this thing, and it's going to take some time. I like that underplay too. As we continue with Harry Gagnon again, give him a follow at AAO Harry, part of the Against All Odds podcast. Used to work out here in Vegas as a sportsbook supervisor over at the Red Rock, and you've got thoughts as well on the SEC. It's interesting. I get the sense a lot of people are very polarized on Alabama in 2023. A lot of people viewing that the tide might take a step back, given the lack of certainty at quarterback for Nick Saban as a head coach. Where do you see this season playing out here for the tide in 2023? Yeah, you know, I I don't love this play, but you have to pick somebody. But I am going to stick with Alabama. I know they have the transfer from Notre Dame, Buckner, and they have a four-star quarterback in Ty Simpson. But as of right now, it looks like they're going to go with Jalen Milrow for the time being. But I just think maybe, you know, Saban for two years now, 
has had to, uh, I think he's had just enough of the Bulldogs and Kirby Smart. Uh, I do love some of these players. They have two, two of the best players defensively in the country. I love the name in, uh, in cornerback Kool-Aid, McKinnistry. Uh, led the SEC in, uh, in breakups last year, and edge rusher. Dallas Turner returns as well. Um, I just think that this is a situation where uh, Alabama bounces back. They got a great senior running back, and uh, Jace McClellan running back takes over for uh, Jamar Gibbs. Uh, you know, he had five point, still had 5.8 yards of carry last year, and he had as many touchdowns as Gibbs did last year. And let's not forget, since 2008, Alabama has been number one at some point during the season. That's 15, or that's 10, 13, that's 15, almost 15 years in a row. I think Alabama bounces back here. I think it's going to be between Georgia and Alabama. LSU has a slight shot, but I still think I'm going to lean towards Alabama here, guys. I, I think the biggest change to me it, for Alabama is the fact that Nick Saban changed. I mean, Nick Saban was embarrassed last year. Let's face it, right? He was mm-hmm. embarrassed uh, defensively to give up all those points to Tennessee and bringing Kevin Steele, who was on the staff, but really making the changes, getting rid of Pete Golding and where he left to go to Ole Miss, I think is going to be the difference. I think Nick Saban wants to fix that defense and Steele has been around them enough to know how to do it. Sure. You can yeah. find him uh, three to one right now. Still uh, at some, some shops, mm-hmm. Alabama to win the sec. Harry, as far as the sec, ACC favorite remaining play you've got, whether that's a future win total. Cause I know you got a bevy in that, uh, in that portfolio over there. <laughs> well, you know, I, yeah, I do love, uh, I like, you know, a lot of people are on Florida state this year. Uh, and I am too. Uh, I think Florida state wins the ACC. Uh, they won they won 10 games last year, guys with Travis, uh, at quarterback, uh, score, they scored 35 or more points in nine of those 10 wins Florida State did. Um, Jordan Travis is one heck of a Heisman candidate. He 31 total touchdowns last year. He returns. Their leading rusher, their leading receiver returned to. I think you know Clemson is not indestructible anymore. Clemson lost three games last year, and they gave up 30 points or more in all three of them. I think it's time for head coach Florida State Mike Norvell to Turn this. He's turning the corner here in Tallahassee. He knows they can. Ca- they're catching up on Clemson in the ACC. I really like Florida State for the uh, for the conference and over nine and a half wins. And also, I like Louisville under eight wins too. Look, quarterback Malik Cunningham from the pros right now. He's just started the last four years. They got a lot of rebuilding to do in Louisville. Um, and just the defense is very very soft. I'm going to take Louisville under eight, but I'm taking Florida State over nine and a half in the ACC. And again, I'm taking Florida State to win the conference over Clemson. Wow. Everybody seems – that seems to be a not I'm going to say a popular pick, but that seems to be against the green. Florida State, we're going to find out right away week how one. good they are early in the season. That's going to be fun, some, a fun game against LSU. That, right? that is the week one uh, game to watch. Yeah, LSU, about a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Looking for revenge. Remember, Florida State went to the Dome in New Orleans, beat LSU in Louisiana last year to open the season on the block texture point. That will be a, a great game in Orlando set for week one. Wrapping up Labor Day weekend. Again, he is Harry Gagnon. Give him a follow at AAO Harry from the Against All Odds podcast. Check them out with the whole degenerate trifecta. Harry, as always, great having you back on the show, man. We missed you. Thanks, Harry. Oh, thanks, guys. Mike, enjoy those, enjoy that concert on Friday, I'll send, buddy. I'll send you some pictures. Don't worry. There'll Thank be a lot you, of documentation. Me, I love it. A lot I of documentation, it. I'm sure, for, from uh, from that concert. But, you know, love, love a Springsteen show. We'll, we'll recap and wrap up all of the NFL futures picks we have discussed over the last couple of days with Michael when we come back here on the Lombardi line. 
CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80 join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer songwriter and composer John Batiste the all new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameCenter remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As we're back for the final time, been great to be in here with you, Michael, the last couple of days in for Stormy. Mm-hmm. Enjoying the honeymoon, I know, with uh, with with the, the newlyweds, Stormy and Chris. Uh, we'll, I'll be here all week. Michael, you'll, we'll uh, be back Saturday and Sunday mornings, bright and early. Excited for that. And a big thanks to uh, Caesar for running the show today. Our producer behind the glass, Nick, JB, Mikhail, Andre, Troy, all here as well, doing a, a great job at our Circus Sportsbook Studio downtown Las Vegas. Steph here as well, of course. She always is uh, helping run the show on the Lombardi line. Uh, we have a pro tip for the day. And then we have a little, uh, a little news we do want to get to as far as uh, Baltimore is concerned on the injury front. But the pro tip. Focus on underdogs in NFL division betting markets where you believe the division has more chances of variance. And I bring that up, Michael, because we talked about the NFC North earlier, looking at the Packers at 4-1. to one. I like making divisional bets where 
where I, I have the ability to get off of them if something goes wrong, where let's you look at the NFC North, right? You can, you can paint a pretty clear picture towards Detroit's number getting longer as the season goes on. They're a big underdog week one to Kansas City. There's a pretty clear path where Detroit could be three to one or greater. Minnesota, Chicago are all going to be teams that I believe you'll be able to get at three to one or better at some point in this NFL season, which means you know, unlike, say, if you bet like a San Francisco or Kansas City to win their respective division, if something goes wrong there and you're laying a big price, it's really hard to get out of or have an alternative way to bet it. Whereas, you know, we can bet division odds every single week in the season, and sometimes we forget that. And that's how I tend to approach the divisional betting, and it can be a good way towards profitability, even if you aren't totally on the right side on a particular team, or you start to see some weaknesses and a drop-off as we get later in the season. No question. I, I, I like the strategy, Ben, and I think it makes sense. And, you know, we deal with so many uncertainties in this betting market that, you know, sometimes, you know, collecting more data and letting wisdom come later is certainly a helpful way to to make money in this field. Sure. Absolutely. And it's why, you know, the two divisions I've looked to target, NFC North and then AFC North. We talked about that yesterday where and there's a, you can make a draw path toward Baltimore, Cleveland, even Pittsburgh we view to be m- much more competitive than the market yeah, thinks, and better. those are all old, longer-priced teams. I bring up the AFC North right now, though, just from our some news of the day we didn't get to earlier. Cornerback for the Ravens, Marlon Humphrey, he is confirmed to have foot surgery today. From Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, they are hoping, the Ravens are, that he's out just, just about a month or so, but could miss the first couple of games of the season, and a guy who's an all-pro corner that is a big piece of that Ravens secondary. Well, I mean, he's an all-pro slot corner. Like when Marlon Humphrey has to play on the outside corner, he gets exposed. He, he, people go after him. And he's a really, really good nickel corner. But when now that they lose him, I mean, they have Cap Casualty, Arthur Mollett from Pittsburgh. They've got Rocky Sin, who played corner for Vegas last year. Wasn't very good. You know, and so where are they going to get covered? Where are they going to cover if Humphrey can't play in the slot? which really when they're in their nickel front, he does a great job in that area. But without him, this secondary is going to get exposed. And a lot of this is going to come down on can they rush the passer? Can they put pressure on the opposing quarterback? And I think that remains to be seen. I think there's we get this notion that Baltimore's really good on defense. And, yeah, they're, they are at times, but there are times where you can expose that secondary if you can protect – and against Cincinnati's passing game, against Cleveland's skill with their offensive line, and Pittsburgh, I think it's hard for them. I really do. They're going to have to play a little bit outside the box. They're going to have to play more zone. There's no way Yasin and Mollett are going to go in there and play man-to-man and think you're going to win. Right. A team last year, 22nd on an EPA per play basis against the pass. And you have teams in that division, especially now that Deshaun Watson has a, have a full season, even though we view the Browns as more of a run-heavy uh, team. But Cincinnati can throw on them. They did it last year. We watched that happen. So a lot of things still that will need to click for Baltimore in 2023, and we'll have to do so without Marlon Humphrey, at least for the first, we expect, the first couple of weeks. Uh, let's get into the rest of your uh, the overall playoff teams, Mike. We talked your divisional picks over the last two days on the show. We're going to get into the wild cards right now. So we talked yesterday going Bills out of the AFC East, Browns NFC North, Tennessee Titans in the AFC South, and then the Chiefs. Uh, in the AFC West, by the way, at a minus 165 there on Kansas City in the AFC West. So your three wildcard teams, Michael, are Bengals, Dolphins, Patriots. Give us the, the breakdown on those three selections. Yeah, I mean, I got off the jet train, you know, uh, just because I think it's going to be hard. I, here's where I'm concerned about my Bengal pick. 
Because every time you, you, you make a pick, you've got to think about why would this not work out. And my, my thought on them is if they start five and four, like they have the last two years, it, it's going to be hard for them to catch up with that schedule. It's going to be hard for them to make up ground. And we know this, somebody from the AFC, there's too many good teams in the AFC. Somebody's going to be left on the outside looking in. And like the Lions and like the Steelers, who couldn't overcome their bad starts last year, the Bengals can't start slowly. My downfall on Miami is if Tua doesn't stay healthy and that offensive line is not very good, which I don't think they are, but they've got to be able to stay healthy. I think they're improved. They'll be much better with Vic Fangio. My downside on New England is Mac Jones, does he protect the football? Everybody gets caught up with, oh, they got a new coordinator. Everything's going to be fine. With with Josh McDaniels, Mac Jones averaged 2.5% interceptions that year. Last year, it was the same number, exact same number, 2.5. He's got to protect the ball and be better at situational football. And if they do that with this defense, if this defense can play from in front, which I think is so critical, I think they've got a chance to be a good team. You know, and I watched last year's team – and their inability to stop teams to, to, to convert third downs, their inability to play well in the red zone is what killed them. And, and New England, of the playoff teams you have, they would be the longer shot just based on the odds board at 35-1. to 1. But, Michael, keeping out the New York Jets, who are 9-1 to 1 to win the AFC, and the Baltimore Ravens, who are 10-1. Uh, to 1. As we go to, to the NFC side, we just talked about this uh, earlier in the show today. Philadelphia, the pick in the NFC East. Green Bay, the longer shot in the NFC North. At four to one, Panthers at plus three fifty, and then you have the 49ers at minus one sixty-five. Uh, who did you end up landing on in a conference that is viewed to be much, much weaker as far as depth goes, Michael? As you get uh, down the board a little bit. Well, I mean, look, all this minus money on the wild cards. I went Cowboys at minus two thirty. I went Seattle minus one twenty. I mean, I, I couldn't find another team to replace the Lions or replace the Cowboys. I wanted it to be Washington, right? Because I think Washington at eight wins. Last year should have made the, you know, they had a chance to win some games, but I just think there's too much dysfunction within that organization offensively, too much uncertainty. So I couldn't go there. You know, I didn't buy, I'm not buying the Minnesota train that they're going to be just as good offensively and defensively. It won't matter. I I, I almost picked them over the Lions, but I went that way. Again, I'm not on the Carolina Panthers. I think if I look at this today, Based on week one of the preseason, I should probably have the Saints. I would have picked the Saints over the Lions as a wild card only because I, 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 have, I think the Lions are going to have a hard time going from good to great. I really do. I think it's hard for teams. It's harder for teams to do that. And I don't think golf can protect the ball like he did last year. Expectations. When, when they rise, it's a, it's a whole new ball game. And it, it's just funny how we saw last year. I mean, Dan Campbell's Lions got a ton of buzz in the preseason totally fell flat on their face out of the gate, then had the amazing second half of the season stretch. I just wonder with another year after failing to meet expectations a season ago, even though you know, technically we view that as a really successful season because of how it ended in Detroit, does that year of strength and growth from Campbell now having more time and reps as a head coach, does that prove to prosper in 2023? I think it's a nice thought to have, but as we've talked about, Michael, personnel-wise, still a ways to go there for Detroit. Well, the other thing still you have to talk about, too, is teams preparing in an offseason to get ready for you, right? Like, teams are getting ready for the Giants. They know how the Giants want to play, and the Giants have to play a certain way with Daniel Jones, a quarterback. It's the same thing with the Lions. They want to play a certain way with Jared Goff, and 
teams get ready for how they handle your offense or defense. They study you in the offseason. You know, that's where Philly will stumble a little bit. Teams have spent a lot of time studying this six-pack offense. Now, can they make it – can they stop it? That remains to be seen. Sure. I, you think about defenses against Jared Goff and the Lions. I, I got to think we see a lot of hands up at the line of scrimmage looking to just bat down Jared Goff. You had a two-step drop, quick passes this year. Going to be a lot of adjustments. See how the Lions can overcome that in 2023. All right, Michael, I'll see you again on Saturday morning, bright and early, 10 a.m. Eastern. Excited for that. Enjoy – Enjoy the concert. Uh, you got a little Springsteen action here. I'll be back with Jonathan Von Tobel tomorrow on the Lombardi line. Uh, always a pleasure, Michael, I being with you. I can't wait. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, Caesar. Uh, Thanks, Caesar. Caesar doing a great job as well, helping run the show today here from downtown Las Vegas in our Circus Sportsbook studio. So for Michael Lombardi, whole team here at VEASAN, I'm Ben Wilson saying so long. Latest edition of the Lombardi line in the books on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max.